This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Welcome to the New Books Network. You'd better warn your mom. Reaching his fork over Miranda's shoulder, Russ speared the last two pieces of rigatoni from the bowl that Miranda was lowering into the kitchen sink. The FBI might want to ask her about those protests at Columbia where she met your dad. This is G.P. Gottlieb, host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. And today I'm talking to Fran Hawthorne about her new novel, I Meant to Tell You. Set mostly in Washington, D.C., Miranda's fiancé, Russ, is going through the process of obtaining security clearance for his job. When the FBI discovers that Miranda was arrested for felony kidnapping a decade before, she'd never mentioned it to Russ, and so begins this story about the lies we tell ourselves and others. And I meant to tell you, each of the main characters has concocted a story about themselves that differs from what might have actually happened, and each pay a price for obfuscating the truth. Hi, Fran. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. So what was your impetus for writing this novel? It was my own family. Um, You know, every family, probably not every family, many families have stories that they pass on and you almost don't know where they came from and how much they changed over the year, years. And that kind of was the case with my family. Um, you know, I have a lot of cousins, and we would talk about the stories we'd heard. Um, and so when I was growing up, my mom would tell had told me uh, that my grandfather had two sisters, and one of them married and had a daughter, and, and the other never married and lived with her mother because she had mental illness. Okay. And then when I was maybe in my 20s, I don't know why, but my mom said, you know, actually, that's not quite true. Actually, that great aunt um, had been married, but she was divorced. And, and that was such a scandal back then that it was like more respectable to say she had a mental illness. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And, and then a cousin was sort of putting together a kind of family history. And, and I mentioned this and she and, and some of her siblings said, no. That's not what we heard at all. We heard that she was married and had a daughter. She's the one who was married. And, and everyone, unfortunately, is, is, you know, dead by now. And there's no way to confirm. Well, actually, there is. And because my dad had checked the records at, um, at Yad Vashem in, in Israel, These, this was family who were murdered in the Holocaust. And he did find one of the great aunts. But anyway, I mean, it's not a huge secret. It's not a big scandal. One aunt definitely... One great aunt definitely lived with her mother. One great aunt definitely had a daughter. But it's these kinds of, of stories that come down through the you know years, and different family members have have different versions. 
So it just got me to thinking, oh, gosh, what other stories might there be that are even more secret than this one that are more tangled? And, and I decided I wanted to write a novel about how the way stories get mangled over the generations. Mm, and you did. What was the process of going from journalism to writing fiction? Did you catch yourself asking journalist questions? Not so much that, um, because, uh, well, I did a lot of interviewing for both my novels. Uh, and, the, and in that sense, I suppose the journalism helped, but it hurt me in many ways, too. And for one thing, I really had to learn to loosen up in my writing. You know, traditional journalism, which is what I mostly did, you know, you're, you're in a rigid box, right? You don't show your opinion. You have very tight space restrictions. I even did a lot of magazine articles, which are looser, but they're still within space restrictions. Uh, and I had to learn to let go, to enjoy description, to enjoy subplots that meander. It was hard to unlearn decades of, of journalism. Uh, you know, And the other way journalism affected me, both good and bad, was um, in researching uh, both my novels so far, two novels published. Um, I mean, the good part is, man, I did my research. You know, um, in my newest novel, I meant to tell you, you know, if if the two main characters, Miranda and Russ, are having a fight uh, as they walk across the Arlington Memorial Bridge in, uh, from Washington to Virginia, I mean, hopefully I've got readers who live in both places and they're going to catch me, so I am going to make sure. You know, I walked across that bridge, and I took copious notes on how high the guardrails are, and what the benches are made out of. You know, things that you know. I mean, a journalist is going to get those right, and a novelist probably won't waste her time. So it made me more comfortable. Uh, or I'll give you a funnier example. There's a scene that takes place in Ellis Island. And I am probably the only person in the history of the planet uh, who went to Ellis Island, not to research my family history, because I did that online, but I went there to take notes on what kinds of chandeliers are there and what the floor tiles are made of, you know, so my description could be accurate. And it prob I probably went overboard on my research. Yeah, but you're so much more careful than most of us fiction writers. We just make things up. Oh, I well, do. I, I, mean, I, I mean, my characters are all made up. My plots are made up, you know. Why is set this so much of the story in Washington, D.C.? Could similar situations, could it have occurred in other parts of the country? Oh, sure. I mean, families, secrets, um, engagements that are at risk of breaking up, you know, um, you know, husbands cheating on wives. I mean, I don't want to give away too many plots, but sure, those take place, you know, uh, unfortunately, to some degree, you know, everywhere in all over the world. Um, but the reason it had to take place in Washington, D.C. is because of the careers of the main characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But let's not give that away. <laughs> I thought that your book was partly about the stories we tell ourselves to get through life. And I got the feeling, just a feeling, that you are that you either committed the crime of lying by, by omission <laughs> or someone did that to you. How close am I? Oh, gosh. Um, well, A, I'm a human being with things I'm ashamed of in my life. And of course, there are 
lot. Secrets I've never told anybody or not, don't tell most people, and I'm not going to tell you guys now. Um, is that a sin of omission? I mean, I think that nothing really important, um, you know. But did people – gosh, that's a good question. Has anybody failed to tell me something important Nothing that mm-hmm. would have changed my life. I mean, uh, I will reveal something. My ex-husband, he sort of told me everything and I didn't listen, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I can't blame him. <laughs> I got to blame me on that one. So he could have been lying through his teeth, but you weren't paying attention. But no, he, I mean, he, he told me like on an early date that he doesn't trust women. I mean, come on, you know. Duh. Mm-hmm. Alarm bells should have gone off. And instead, in the way we lie to ourselves, I said, oh, look at how open and honest he is to confess to me <laughs> instead mm-hmm. of listening to what he was confessing. So, you know, um, that was the case of where we lie to ourselves, really, right? Yeah. Another theme, and I meant to tell you, I thought a passion for political activism and awareness. Both Miranda and Russ dream of having professions that that don't just earn money, but do something to change lives for the better. So is that how you were raised? And is that how you feel about your own life? I wasn't raised that way. And this is not a criticism of my parents. Most people aren't raised that way. But yes, it is something very important to me that it's I developed years ago. Um, you know, I feel like you know, here I am. I'm lucky to be alive and I'm lucky to be in a situation where I, I don't have to worry about my next meal or feeding my children or keeping a roof over my head. I'm a typical middle class professional, right? Where I, I mean, you have long term financial worries. You know, I'm not a millionaire, but basically I can afford to give money to good causes, I can afford to spare some time to work on good causes, right? And I feel like I do owe it to the planet, to my fellow human beings to give back. You know, I'm just, I just can't keep swallowing food and using resources of the planet that are not, you know, infinite. And and I want to leave the world better. It sounds so, I don't know, Pollyanna, but it's really important to me. I say amen. Thank you. you. Thank you. I think... We all have to ask ourselves at some point how far we'd go to help someone we Mm. love. In my early 20s, I think I'd have done the same thing as Miranda in helping her friend. Mm. I would have been outraged had somebody treated a friend so badly. So I'm wondering, is that how you felt while you were writing that opening scene? That's a good question. Um, I didn't feel it personally. Because I was in my characters' minds and heads and hearts, you know, um, I was Miranda. I more than I was Ronit. Miranda is the main character. Ronit is her friend. I was mostly in Miranda's head, um, but a bit in, in Ronit's, um, and and so I was feeling what she felt. Um, but you know, yeah, I was thinking, would she do this? What's she going to be saying to herself? And I did know very clearly that she stopped herself from arguing with her friend. You know, there was a point in Miranda's head where she said, okay, you know, this is what my friend needs. I'm a little queasy, but my friend is in a really tough situation. She's worried about her daughter's safety, you know, um, her own safety. 
uh, if this is what she needs, I'll just do it. And and Miranda and her friend never, you know, and I can say this, I'm not giving away any plot point. They never stopped to think, are we breaking the law? But why didn't Miranda ever think of other options, like going to the police? She didn't think that way. You know, most of us, right, we don't mostly um, do things or encounter friends doing things in our regular lives where we think, oh, should I hire a lawyer? Should I go to the police? I, I, I don't think for most of us that's instinctive. I think for yeah. most of us, well, first of all, it's a question of physical danger. The instinct is, oh, my God, how do I hide? How do I get away? You know, um, and then secondly, it's okay. You know, my friend is asking me, oh, yeah, I'm busy. I don't have, okay, no, no, no. doesn't matter if you're busy. Your friend needs you. You go through those thoughts. Um, you know, things like that. Um, I, I, so I just tried to think instinctively, what would someone who is not a lawyer, who has never had, uh, you know, police issues before, how are they going to react? Keeping in mind also that she's in her early 20s at that point, you know. So again, yeah. you know, she hasn't all that much life experience. Yeah. I empathized with Miranda's pain mm-hmm. when her friends stopped talking to her. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like she... Roni was justified in firing Miranda as a friend, or was she just too broken? Oh, you have good questions. Um, I mean, she was definitely broken. Um, Are you ever justified in firing someone as a friend if that friend has not betrayed you, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And and Miranda had not betrayed Roni. Quite the opposite. I mean, she'd gone beyond her duty, you might say, to help Ronit. So, um, you know, I, I think it takes a lot, I, I think, to, to um, fire a friend, as it were, um, or it should take a lot, I should say. Uh, I think, I'll get into something controversial now. I think nowadays there's been a trend about, you know, saying self-care and, um, and we are too quick to ghost other people. I'm not saying we should accept insults and hurt and pain, but, you know, I I think that self-care can also, part of that can be finding a way to reach out to the person you think has hurt you and talk to them. Maybe it depends on your relation with the person, you know, obviously, and what they've done. But I do think we're too quick to reject other people for, for, I mean, people with whom we've had good relationships. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why it really, it moved me, that part. Thank you. Let, let's discuss Miranda's fiancé, Russ. On one hand, he sounds fabulous. Huh. Tall, gorgeous, smart, kind, sweet, all the good things. But what did you think? Is he marriage material? Oh, he's marriage material, although it's interesting. I deliberately made him a little chubby and, you know, noshing, you know. I didn't want him perfect. Um, and he's also a slob. He leaves his dirty T-shirts around. Uh, so, you know, I'm... I don't, I don't want. I, I don't write romance novels. I don't have perfect, you know, heroes, heroines. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But oh, he's marriage material, of course. You know, he's a loving, caring, you know, intelligent guy. You know, absolutely. You know, he wants a commitment. You know, yeah. Yeah, the part about him not acknowledging his father as his father—that's mm, a red flag. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I, a minute ago I was talking about ghosting friends, but I think that many people have fraught relationships with their parents, 
you know, whether justified or not, you know, I mean, what a complex emotional bond we have with our parents, right? No parents were perfect. Um, was Wes too judgmental toward his father? Absolutely. His father is not easy to love, though. Um, and then Russ, you know, gets uh, ties it in with his sort of idealistic, you know, disagreements, political disagreements with his father. So, yeah, Russ is too quick to, you know, uh, say, oh, my father's horrible. Um, he does not totally cut off contact with them, not at all. Um, he's kind of being juvenile, you know, with his attitude toward his father. Uh, I don't... So that's, you know, a negative characteristic of, of Russ. But like I said, he's not perfect. If Miranda was my daughter, <laughs> okay. no, I just thought that she uh, were, she hated the father. She had a separate relationship with him, mm-hmm. hated him. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like such a bad recipe um, <laughs> for a good marriage to, to like, you, we all know you marry the family. True, but you also marry the spouse. Um, I mean, if you and the spouse, future spouse, you know, um, have a wonderful relationship and you don't like his parents, her parents, I don't think that should stop you from getting married. Oh, gosh. You know? Yeah. Anyway, we don't get to choose what other people do, except our characters. We can choose our characters. (laughs) And what we do. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you said other people. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, if you don't like, your partner's parents. Um, I think that's a case where you shut your mouth and get along. And it's interesting if your partner, let's say he, doesn't like his parents either, well, I think it behooves you guys not to like gossip, gossip, bad mouth them to each other. You know, that just encourages the bad feelings. I think if you're honest about it, then drop it. Don't keep, you know, dwelling on it. That's right. my that's my idealistic little you know advice. <laughs> okay, why did Miranda's mother put her long gone Miranda's long gone father on a pedestal? Well, I don't want to give away too many plot points here. No, but what's the perp? What was the purpose? What was the meaning behind that? Well, you know when they met, and the mother is Judith, the father is Jerry. You know, and they also were idealistic. Well, she was a high school student. He was a college student. Uh, and they were swept up in, you know, the 60s and the anti-Vietnam War protests and the takeover, student takeover at Columbia University. And, and you know, she admired him so much. Uh, and and she wants, you know, Miranda to admire him. You know, um, Miranda never got to know him. And so since, you know, because, you know, he died when Miranda was a baby. So since Miranda can't know him in person, you know, um, her mother wants Miranda to be inspired by what they did as young people and, and to have a good feeling toward the father she'll never know in person. And truthfully, she was inspired because her whole profession is about making the world better. Yeah. So it yeah. works. It works. <laughs> why? Why? Why hasn't Miranda ever liked her stepfather? Yeah, I mean, the easy answer is he's not her father. In fact, he's the total opposite. And that's where her mother's idealization sort of backfires, right? Um, Because, you know, she's built up Jerry, the father, so high that no matter who she married, probably, you know, couldn't equal him. And and on top of which, look, the stepfather is a bit of a nerd, you know, um, 
I mean, he very precisely explains every detail of the stocks he buys for Miranda as a little girl that will grow and, you know, how much they'll gain per year and appreciation. And Miranda's like, you know, nine years old and couldn't care less. You know, he's a little <laughs> boring, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, so um, it's unfair. It's unfair. You know, and I hope okay. the book, you know, doesn't, you know, I mean, doesn't doesn't excuse it. I mean, I don't excuse or not excuse. I know I'm trying not to make judgments, but I'm trying to show my characters flaws too. So about characters, Mm -hmm. I would like to know, this is a side note. Mm -hmm. Are you more like Miranda, Ronit, or their friend Brenda? Ah, oh, I'm more like Miranda. And that's kind of a problem. I have to work very hard to make my main characters not me, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. Ronit is much more decisive than I am. She's a leader. She takes action, and Miranda follows, and I'm not a leader. Um, Brenda's kind of a wild kid, you know, and I'm not a wild kid. I mean, you know, Brenda, this is, I'm not giving away plot points. Brenda shoplifts, for example. I mean, you know, God, I'd be too scared mm-hmm. to do that, you know. Yeah. Okay, so Miranda. Wins. All right. Oh, I win. <laughs> so, Fran, what are you working on next? Well, um, two novels, actually. I uh, love them both. I don't want to say too much, except they're both, you know, each of my novels, while it's about family relationships with a female middle class protagonist, um, they're different kinds of relationships and totally different plots. Um, one, I'll say this much, in one, the protagonist uh, is a sort of, uh, works for a financial firm as the environmental expert. The other, she's a museum director. Um, They take place in in totally different settings. One is California, one is like around Albany, New York, Um, both places I know somewhat. I get to have so much fun researching. Um, And... uh, um, so I don't. Well, they they both about different family relationships than in this one. Um, you know. So um, anyway, I'm, okay. I'm having fun. Excellent. I look forward to seeing when they come out. Thank Are you. Are they coming out next year? Two years? What do you think? Well, one is further along than the other. And cross fingers, you know. One could be out in two years, you know. Gosh, okay. I don't know. I don't want to jinx it, <laughs> you know. Right? I wish you well. Thank Listen, you. Fran, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you. I've had so much fun talking with you. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you for joining me today. This is G.P. Gottlieb, author of the Whipped and Sipped Mystery Series and host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. Today, I've been talking to Fran Hawthorne, author of I Meant to Tell You. Hope you all have a juicy book to cuddle up with tonight and every night. Happy reading.